this is Cassandra, and welcome to another episode on the Luminous Star channel. Mwah, mwah. Thank you guys and gals so much for joining me today or tonight. And please be advised that this video contains content that may be triggering for some viewers. My name is Constance, and for a very long time, I've experienced narcissistic abuse. But after experiencing this for so long, I managed to find refuge. I managed to find a safe place to get away from it all. See, I value spending time with myself from all of the noise, all of the yelling, the screaming. See, when I was growing up, my parents, they screamed at me a lot. They yelled. They blamed. They even used me as a sacrifice. Unfortunately, I was a punching bag. Sometimes I was the whipping girl. Sometimes I was the target for all of their rage. They managed to keep it a secret. But as I grew up, all of that took its toll. As an adult, sometimes I pinch myself even now when I look around and I see people who really do love me and care about me and they understand my plight. Some of them have gone through narcissistic abuse. Some of them are survivors. Some of them have gone on to thrive. See, those survivors and thrivers, they share their stories. They help other people out. So I'm so glad that we have a relationship today. I never thought that I would have people in my life that I love and care about, and they love and care about me too. I've had family and friends in my life in the past who didn't seem to understand what I was going through. They didn't understand my plight. Some of them even asked me, why did I not just get over it? It hasn't been easy, but I'm grateful for the life that I have. So whenever I'm alone, sometimes I'll cry about it. You know, it's hard to cry in front of people sometimes. But I often wonder why some people in my past treated me the way that they did, being that I'm a good person and all. I've come to embrace 
that there were times that I had to deal with my anger. I'm not saying that I was right for some of the things that I did to express my anger, but considering the aftermath of narcissistic abuse, there were just times that I just couldn't take it. There are times even now I still have that urge to seek revenge out against those that harm me. Even now, sometimes I'll catch myself when I have fantasies of revenge. Sometimes I'll think, hey, you know, that's probably not the best thing to do. And besides, my life is too good now, and I don't want to mess it up. And when I think about narcissists from my past, they're not even worth my messing up my life now. Regardless, I believe that I can continue to thrive forward past it all. Thank goodness I have family and friends now that I love and I care about, and they love and care about me too. I remember a few years ago when I chose to heal from narcissistic abuse. It was a breakthrough. You know, some of my family and friends, they started telling me that they were proud of me. I never thought I would hear those words from anyone. When I started telling them what I was going through, some of them, you know, they told me that they can understand to a certain extent. But then some of them, they just... You know, they just struggled with it. They couldn't believe anyone, especially my parents, would treat me in such a way. Well, I guess because they didn't go through it. But then after a while, they started to figure things out. They started to see how I was making progress. I was going to groups. I was going to my counselor. It didn't always work out that well for me, especially in the beginning. There were counselors who just didn't seem to understand narcissistic abuse. But it was hard to explain things. Then I realized I didn't have to explain. See, narcissistic abuse is nothing that a person should ever have to explain. And that's when it hit me. There wasn't anything to figure out. Narcissistic abuse is hideous period. If there's any human beings on this planet who just can't get that, I just don't know what to say. But regardless, I choose to thrive. I choose to evolve. I choose to heal. I gave myself permission to love, to learn, to continue on with my life, to live my best life, regardless of my experiences from narcissistic abuse. It's been 10 years since I've seen my parents. You know, I recall as a teenager that some people would bully me, especially when they knew my family situation. I didn't grow up rich, but, you know, we did all right. But there were some people that seemed to get a kick out of finding my weaknesses, and then they would hone in. And my parents seemed to chime in and join them. So I didn't have a lot of support growing up. I didn't really know what it felt like to be defended. I didn't, I didn't know what it felt like 
to be protected. I didn't know what it felt like to have somebody in my corner. It still hurts a little bit to this day when I recall my parents telling me when I was 13 years old that I would never turn out to be anyone, that I would never amount to anything. Now I recall my stepdad chiming in as my mother pointed her finger at my face and told me that I was too smart for my own good and that I needed to come down to earth. She even told me I was too sensitive. I found that she wasn't sensitive enough. My mother added that no decent boy would ever find me attractive enough to marry. The irony is that she found a psychopathic person to marry. I didn't never, I never got along with my stepdad. I remember even as a little girl, there was something creepy about him. I never liked him. I respected that my mom chose who she chose to marry. But the irony was that she married somebody with psychopathic tendencies, with sociopathic tendencies. She didn't choose men very wisely. Yet, she pointed at me and told me there was no one that could ever love me and care about me, that I would never turn out to be anything in life. You know, I'm happy to prove my mom wrong. I'm glad that I proved both of them wrong. You know, there are not too many people that can vouch for my parents, but what I found out is that there are a lot of people who can vouch for me now. There are people who know that I am lovable, I am caring, I am kind. All the things that my parents told me I would never be. But the people that I've met at the AA meetings that I go to, the people that I meet at my support group, the people that I've met at the Red Cross and at the hospital where I volunteer, even on my job. And when I went to school, turns out I found some kindred spirits there too. So my parents, even though they were very creepy, especially my stepdad, I'm proud to say that I proved both of them wrong. I'm not so bad after all. Now there are people that I consider my family and friends now that I didn't grow up with, and they're not even blood relatives, but they understand my plight. And I'm proud that I've come a long way. And it's great to know that there are people who can vouch for me and who can see that change in me too. Constance decides to walk to the botanical garden. This is her favorite place. She prides herself on being able to manage a life for herself. At this time, her parents seem to be envious. So the best way that they seem to express this is to put her down, belittle her efforts to continue to thrive forward past narcissistic abuse. They seem to belittle her efforts to continue to be a good person. But Constance figured that this was some way to break her down, just like they used to do. She thought to herself that they have got to face reality, that she's no longer that little girl. She's no longer the little girl that they can scapegoat. 
Constance now has family and friends who embrace her. They like how she has faith and trust in her own intuition. They like how strong she is. Constance now has a very strong support base. She has a favorite place that she likes to go to. This botanical garden is a place of refuge. She doesn't like to tell her family and friends about it because she likes to keep that as her own secret. You know, something she can call her own. There are other people who are there at the botanical garden. It's a public place, but she just likes to use this place as her sanctuary, as her own place of quietness, stillness, enjoying the silence. You know, I realize that my parents are missing out by not supporting me. See, they don't like me dealing with the narcissistic relationships. It's their loss, not mine. They can't face the reality that they harmed me. And perhaps it's best for me not to have a relationship with them any longer. But again, this is not my fault. This is not for me to carry or to deal with. It's not for me to figure out. It's not for me to fix. It's just kind of sad how my parents are missing out on the woman that I've become. When I think about the lessons that I've learned, it's painful, but I feel like I've made a lot of breakthroughs. I'm not having a whole lot of relationships with men anymore that seem to only want to hurt me. I learn how to love myself more, so it comes naturally to me now to pick a partner that's really a good match for me. This is something that my parents didn't teach me. When I looked at their marriage, it wasn't the model of a great relationship or partnership between a man and a woman. It just wasn't something that I wanted to model after. It wasn't something that I wanted to continue in my own life. When I learned these lessons, I was grateful for not having to repeat the situation, as horrendous as it was. So the botanical garden is a place that reminds me that I've come very far. It's kind of like my little heaven after going through all the hell. feel a lot of joy and love here and I realize that prosperity and abundance is mine the botanical garden to me represents this prosperity in abundance. It's beauty everywhere I look. There's life everywhere I look. This botanical garden just takes away my worries and fears just for a moment. I know I still have challenges to face and life doesn't stop for anyone, but 
Coming to this botanical garden is just one of the best things ever. I know that life doesn't stop for anyone and there are challenges still to be faced, but this botanical garden is just one of the best safe havens I've ever felt. Who knows, I may bring my children here one day. One day after I got off from work, Carolyn pulled me to the side and was wondering, hey, how come you disappear for so long? Especially after you get off the shift. Where are you going? What's the big secret? You involved with somebody? Hmm, is there a scandal? Yeah, she would have loved that. Especially the scandal part. Because every time I turned around, if she wasn't involved with a man, she was involved in a scandal. But Carolyn was a good person. She was a lot of fun. But I knew when to draw the line. I didn't want to get caught up in her drama. And besides, she was also a person who survived narcissistic abuse. We all have our ways of expressing what we have gone through. So I'm not judging her. I still remember when I was growing up, when my parents and grandparents would have company, there would be a lot of drinking, loud music, a lot of people cursing. I didn't like being in that environment. I remember when I was trying to get away from it and my parents were cornering me. They would force me to be around people that I thought were monsters. They seemed like monsters. Their breath would be hot with alcohol. Some people's eyes would be red. Some people were raising their fists, but my parents used to laugh at my fear of it all. My grandparents, they would try to make me sing and dance for them. I didn't like being in a den full of people who seemed to be monsters. My parents and grandparents, they would taunt me. They would tease me. They would clown me. Yeah, they had a big kick out of that. And when they were clowning me, the company would roar with laughter. And I remember crying. <laughs> Whenever I wasn't being tagged for being clowned, I was to be a spectator. I was to be a spectator of their wild shenanigans. I remember my parents belittling and ignoring the fact that I like to read. I like to write, paint, draw, listen to music. I was a very good dancer, too. And I was pretty athletic. But they didn't care about the things that I enjoyed in school. All my interests, all of my gifts and talents. They didn't seem to notice any of it. Regardless of my teachers pulling them to the side and telling them that I had something, my parents, my grandparents, they just ignored it. I remember in high school, the most popular girl on the cheerleading squad approached me and wanted me to be on the cheerleading squad. That was a proud moment because I never considered myself popular. I didn't even think I was that likable when I was growing up. I was kind of quiet, so I didn't even think that anybody would notice parents didn't encourage me to pursue any of my interests or dreams. They simply just didn't care. 
I was made to compare myself to my parents. And I was even made to sacrifice myself for them. Even now, as an adult, I will still have dreams about this. But I'm not having as many dreams anymore because when I talked to other people about this and I understood I wasn't alone, that made a big difference. I was consumed by that whole experience because I didn't know who I was. Just feeling like I had to sacrifice myself for people who were treating me that way was a nightmare. Even right now, I almost feel like I can just cry an ocean just thinking about how I was treated. So I allowed myself to cry. As Constance sat there and cried for a few minutes, she allowed the tears to just well up. It felt good and therapeutic to let herself go like that. She was taught in her support groups, it's okay to express what she has experienced. After all, narcissistic abuse is one of the most horrific things that anyone can experience on this planet. So as Constance cried, she allowed the tears to fall. She was holding one of her chrysanthemums. She allowed her tears to drop upon one of her sweet chrysanthemums. She wipes her eyes. She composes herself. And while taking a deep breath, she takes one last look around at the chrysanthemums and realizes that she's not alone in the world anymore. As Constance walks to her car to go back home, she can hear children in the background laughing, playing. She can hear people also having great conversations, having fun at the park, also enjoying the botanical garden. So there's a sense of peace and harmony that comes over her. Regardless of her challenges in life, she just knows she's going to be okay. This moment grants her mercy and grace to find love, strength, and courage to laugh and smile regardless of her painful circumstances that she used to experience. Even though I still feel angry about experiencing pathological narcissism, I look around today and I can still see traces of it. I can still see signs of it. But as I continue to grow, I vow to continue to heal. I vow to continue my life. There's so much to live for. I'm proud of being a survivor turned thriver. I'm not done with life. Not that long shot.